Bangor Worldwide has been promoting and supporting World Mission for over 85 years. Our podcasts are free of charge. You can find out more about us at www.worldwidemission.org. We hope you enjoy this talk. So you mentioned in the Bible readings this morning that you had been married 35 years. Would you Oh, 36, yeah, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. right. That's, that's one more than us. Um, so how did you guys meet then? And we were at the same, we were at the same uni school. Oh. So I've known Paul since he was five. <laughs> yeah, we, we, um, I, I came from a non-Christian home and uh, went to a little school called, uh, um, uh, what was it called? Colmer Road. <laughs> And uh, Edry was there. Uh, she came from a Christian family. So uh, I was converted when I was 11 through a children's holiday club, but you were in the church well, all yeah, your life. Well, yes, Lord, when I was three. So, yeah. We, um, mm. So again, I, when I was like 16, yes, Edry you was 16 18. and I was 18 when we started going out. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then you went off to university. Yeah. Um, and did you go to university? Were you working? or? I was working. I worked for Boots the Chemist. I was Spencer. Um, so Paul was five university, so we'd just come home and all of these and I'd be working. Right, okay. And then was it after uni- you'd done your... Well, we were, we were five years courting, right. uh, three years at university, and then um, I came back to do a teacher training course and Edry went off to Bible college for a year and then, uh, and then I went off to teach in Wiltshire and uh, she stayed in Birmingham. And after those five years, we got married. Yes, okay. Yeah, yeah, okay, and at that stage had you sort of thought what you were going to do with the rest of your lives, as it were? were you... Well, it's a, it's a strange thing. I, I think from about, I was converted at 11. I think from 13 or 14, I had a strong conviction that, that I was going to go into some form of Christian ministry. I wasn't sure what it was at the beginning. Uh, but as time went by, it became clear that, that it would be pastoral ministry. Uh, I, I remember talking to someone about it, and they said, well, um, you need to do something else first. So I tried to be a teacher, and I taught for five years. Uh, and at the end of those five years, we were in a small, um, really it was a brethren kind of church that had never had a pastor, and it was kind of on its last legs, really, really struggling. And so um, um, they said, will you become our pastor? And um, at the age of 26, I, I became full-time pastor in, in the church. Okay, and that was brethren? But you're... It, it had brethren roots. It yes. had brethren roots. But, but yes. they, I mean, they, they, I think they, it had got so low. Yes. I was just going to ask then, how did you get to be in Bath? And then was that in the Baptist church? And also then just to ask you about starting your family and, okay. and how okay. that happened. Well, not how it happened. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know what I mean. <laughs> when, when all your children coming. Okay. Do you want to say about the kids? Uh, yeah, we've got four children. We've got two boys, two girls, 34, 32, which is really awful, 34, 32, 28, and getting missed at 23. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so, so basically, I was called into ministry and, and worked for 13 years in the church, and then was called somewhere else. We went to Worcester, and then for four years, I was doing itinerant ministry in the Midlands, something called Gospel Partnership, which got a network of gospel churches. And then um, for the last 18 months, really, I've been pastoring a Baptist church in Bath. So they've always been associated with a group called FIEC, Fellowship of Independent Evangelical Churches. So whatever the name or the flavour, that, that's been where our, our ministry's been. Yeah. Okay. So again, 
I did hear you mentioned um, it was after your fourth child or when you were pregnant with your fourth child that that's you began right. to yeah, have right. some... Yeah. Would, would right. you like to describe that, That's Eddie? right. The three of the children had been fine with them, um, but they may... When I was first pregnant, um, I was really violent sick. More than normal pregnancy sickness, really violent sick. I went to the GP and he said... This is normal. There's something not right here. Um, but then I, I seemed to be okay after a bit. And so um, it was like, hmm, about like four months later, we went to a Christian conference and I really, I was sort of, with them out a week, I started staggering and my speech went and I had no coordination. I was getting pain. And we're at a Christian conference, so you can imagine me stuck around looking drunk. Not good. And um, we came back, and he said, oh, this is more than, this is, and I've still been really sick, and he said, this is more than, there's something the matter. So he put me on two knee and nose and throat warding. I was actually in Bath at the time, because we were in Chippenham, and Bath was like the nearest biggest hospital. Um, so I was put on two nose and throat ward, and they couldn't find out wrong with me, so then I was sent to a neurology ward. And that's when it started to get really serious. Yeah. Uh, we, we kind of, at first, thought this was just one of these mysteries of pregnancy. Maybe it was the inner ear, so the ear, nose and throat, that was going to sort it out. And at the beginning, you kind of think, that Edry had always been very healthy. We'd been married for um, about 12 years, I think. Uh, I'd been in ministry for a long time. Um, everything was great, and we couldn't really see any anything like this on the horizon. And so I was fairly confident that she'd get through the pregnancy and she'd get better. And I remember turning up at the hospital one day and going to the ear, nose and throat and she wasn't there. And they said, we've taken her over to neurology. Now I didn't know anything about neurology except it sounded rather spooky. So, um, and, and from that moment onwards, it began to be get, get far more serious. Um, um, so the neurologist who, it was interesting, he wasn't a Christian, in fact he was an atheist. And when he knew I was a minister, he would kind of say quite a few pointed things about that. Um, but he was, he was a good doctor. And uh, I remember him telling me, look, this is serious. It might be MS, but it might be something else we don't know. And you need to prepare yourself for the worst. Because at this stage, Edry is about eight months pregnant. Um, and, and all her faculties are going. And she is um, in dreadful pain as well. And uh, he said, we may need to, you know, this may, may, may not work out well. Um, so, so I think that was the lowest point, really. Um, yeah, yeah. I can remember that they won't do much when you're pregnant. They won't interfere. And they really thought, I think all the medics would have thought that once I'd delivered, mm -hmm. I'd be all right, you know. Yeah. They couldn't understand that once I'd had the baby, that was still, you know, yeah. sad. Mm. Yeah, and then when the baby was born, and then you were still the same. Yeah, still and stuck. And yes. they gave me into reading the steroids, and I really thought that would sort me out. Yes. I can remember the nurse <clears> said, you'd be swinging from chandeliers, you'd be great for steroids. And I was really so just saying, I was staggering, I couldn't coordinate, and she, mm. she couldn't believe it. Yeah. I don't the doctors could believe it, and they couldn't find out what was wrong with me. I'll tell you a funny story. When I was like nine months pregnant, um, I had to go for an MRI scan on my brain, and they were trying, you know, MRIs are quite, um, the tube is quite 
um, close, quite a small chain. Narrow chain. Narrow chain, that's right. Yeah. Um, lying about when you're pregnant anyway is awful. Lying still is even worse. And they tried to get me through, and because I got this great big bulb, I couldn't get me through. I started to just push. To push her. So they put to push her in the chair, so I could have the right. And well, that, that's, and that's, then. That's a funny story, by the way. <laughs> So then you realised that this was actually going to affect yeah. the rest yeah. of your lives yeah. and um, you had now four children. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how did the children cope with this and also what help then did you have in, in say, with the children and, and then ministry? And yeah. Well, I mean, the people at church were great. We didn't have any official help. Paul was wonderful and pulled her. I couldn't even lift him. I was so ill, so we had to look after her totally, didn't you? You had to bathroom, care for her and everything. And uh, I, could, <laughs> I could remember, because I'd breastfed the other, and of course we had to put a mess in a bottle so Paul could look after her. And, and the, the midwife was really cross because she said, surely you've had three children, you have to make a bottle. I said, well, actually, no. <laughs> so, yeah, the one thing. But Paul was great. You did everything, really, didn't you? So well, the children were great because our daughter was five and the boys were like eight, no. Yeah, about eight and nine. Eight and ten, something like that. So, yeah, they were really good. They'd sort of help. Although the boys would always say to all the straw kids, it's your turn to change a nappy. <laughs> Even when it wasn't. And you were still, like, pastoring and everything? Well, when it, when it all happened, we, we were in a church in Chippenham, and the folk there were brilliant. They said, you do whatever you need to do, whatever you want to do. And, and uh, Edry was in hospital. We were having to travel. It was about an hour there and back to the hospital uh, every day. Um, and what I wanted to do was not just kind of do nothing, so I just preached Sunday mornings for that period of time. When, when she came out of hospital, they gave me a month off to, to care for her, to just kind of assess what's, what's going to happen. And then I, I kind of got back slowly into, into full-time ministry. There are things we couldn't do. Um, uh, to begin with, when the baby was smaller, Maius, I, I had to really do everything for her, so I couldn't do as much as I'd been used to doing, but as, as we continued, as she got older, then, then we were able to just get back into ministry as, as normal. Um, and the church was tremendously supportive, and, and all the churches we've been have been supportive, so in all sorts of practical ways, and in, and in, in, in other ways as well, so yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. Good. Well, probably go now into your talk, which really looking forward okay. to hearing. And just to say as well, Paul has written a book. Um, there were copies on the bookstall called Invest Your Suffering, but unfortunately they're, well, or, or fortunately, they're all sold. Um, there are two down in the Faith Mission in High Street, if you want to run down and get one. There will be some at the Waterfront Hall on Saturday night, or you can actually, you could put an order in at the bookstall and they'll get you some more. We trust you've enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to make a donation to support the work of Bangor Worldwide, please visit www.worldwidemission.org slash donate.